So we're in a series that we just started last week called The Holy Spirit. And what I'd like to do is um, I just want to just continue to, to, to lay out for you who he is and what it's like to have a relationship with him. Now, I know in a, in a crowd this size, maybe whatever your background has been as far as church goes or, or even not church at all. But you may have some conceptions about the Holy Spirit, maybe some of them as maybe misconceptions, and maybe you see him as kind of spooky or weird. Can I tell you, he's not spooky or weird this morning. He's, he's a, a person that you want to have a relationship with, that you can have a friendship with. And so I want to just, before we even get started, to kind of help you relax a little bit and, and know that, that this is an awesome opportunity for you to get to know him just a little bit better. And you'll be glad you did. Amen? So, as we said last week, the Holy Spirit is a person. And the reason we say that is because of the, of the reality of the relationship. We also know that having a relationship with the Holy Spirit can bring life to you. We call it around here, full life in Christ. Amen? Based on this John 10, 10 passage where Jesus said, I have come to give you life and give you life to the full. How many of you know that you can experience a full life? How many of you believe that? Whether you believe it or not, it's true because here's what I, I believe Jesus always meant what he said. Do you believe that? Yeah. And so if he said it, we're going to live it. We're going to believe it. And I believe the Holy Spirit helps to bring life to you and bring you into that full life that Christ talked about. Now, another thing that we covered last week is we said that the reason, one of the main reasons the Holy Spirit came was to, to help us to fulfill this, this mission he put us on. We call it the Great Commission. And, and Jesus said, he said, go into all the world and make disciples. What is a disciple? A follower of Jesus, right? So we have been commissioned with this idea of making disciples. And the Holy Spirit came to indwell all of us to help us fulfill that mission. As we said in Acts 1-8, it says... When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you'll have power. Everybody say power. power. Now, what kind of power? Well, the word, the word there we said last week in the, in the Greek, the original language is dynamite power. So this is the kind of power you have when you have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you. And since the day of Pentecost, that is the privilege of every believer to have the Holy Spirit to indwell. Anybody glad for that this morning? And so this is where we're headed today. We're going to talk about relationship with the Holy Spirit. Now, if you'll remember, too, in the, in the Garden of Eden, when Adam and Eve uh, disobeyed God and rebelled against him, something happened. Something shifted with the relationship. We were no longer friends of God. We were, yeah, we were enemies of God because of our own rebellion. And thanks be to God, he sent Jesus Christ to take care of that. That's what his death and resurrection were all about. But the beauty of this is that he, he restored the relationship through Jesus, but it's maintained and caused to be flourishing through the Holy Spirit. Isn't that great news to know? Jesus did his work of redemption, of dying on the cross and, going and rising from the dead, and the Holy Spirit comes to fulfill that work. To continually cause us to walk in fellowship and relationship with God. Isn't that good news today? So what I want to talk to you about is that. That 
We want to talk about this relationship. So the first thing that if you're taking notes is that the Holy Spirit draws us into fellowship with God by making us aware of our need of God. Okay, because as we said before, you're, when, you, when you sinned against God, when we sinned against God, we were dead. The Bible says that we were dead in our trespasses and our sins. That's pretty bad news, isn't it? But the good news is we have been made alive. We've been quickened and we've realized that we need Jesus. Guess who was responsible for you realizing you need Jesus? The Holy Spirit. And I want to show you. So here's what I want to challenge you to do. Let the Holy Spirit convince you that you need Jesus. If you've not already been convinced, allow him to do that today in this room before we leave. All right. So let's go to John chapter 16. And we've been reading out of John a lot because Jesus had a lot to say about the Holy Spirit before he left. And this is another passage where Jesus gives us uh, some insight into the work of the Holy Spirit. Watch what he says. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will watch this. He will. What will he do? Everybody say it out loud. Convict. He will convict the world of sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. Verse 9. The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. Verse 10. Righteousness is available because I go to the Father and you will see me no more. Judgment will come because the ruler of this world has already been judged. Now, a lot of times we can look at that verse in a negative connotation and we see the word convict. And a lot of times we have this, this idea that, you know, when somebody's convicted, right, they're, they're arrested and put in jail. Can I just give you a little, a little different view on that just for a second? Instead of the word convict, can we use the word convince? When somebody convinces you of something, what do they do? Yeah, they change your mind about it. And so what the Holy Spirit came to do is to change your mind about God. All right? To let you see in a glimpse and a picture of who God really is. And when we do that, when we see that we're convinced, or even if, you, if we go back to the word conviction, if you have a conviction about something, what, are you, what does that mean? It means you've settled on it, right? That you, you truly believe it enough that you're going to take a stand for it. And so here's what the Holy Spirit does. He convinces you that you need God, right? He convinces you that, that you, maybe you need to, to accept Christ as Savior. And what you do is you say, you know what? Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for me. I believe you rose from the dead, and I want you to lead my life. That's the moment that you come into, back into fellowship and relationship with Christ, with God, right? This God that we offended. And what the Holy Spirit does is, is it convinces you, you need to do that. So until he does, you don't even realize you need him. Does that make sense? Until he does, you're like, you're just happy-go-lucky. You know, I'm just living life. But then there's this moment where you say, wait a minute. I think I'm in trouble. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I think I need Jesus. The Holy Spirit has convinced you you need him. And then from there, you make the decision you, you, you're convinced that you need Christ. The second thing of, of that part of that verse is it says he convinces us, convicts us of righteousness. What does that mean? Well, what's your standing the moment you say yes to Jesus? Anybody know what that is? You're justified as if you'd never sinned at all. 
That means you have, you are clothed in the righteousness of Jesus. In other words, when God looks at you, he don't see sinful Lance Turner anymore. He sees the righteousness of Jesus. Is that not good news today? And so what the Holy Spirit does, he convinces you, not only that you have been coming to fellowship with God, but now you're righteous before God. It's getting better, isn't it? My relationship with God is not based on what I do. My relationship with God is based on the fact that I've been convinced by the Holy Spirit that I need Jesus and I can walk in fellowship with him. And the third thing is, what does it say? He convinces us that, look, yeah, judgment's coming. It is coming, right? But here's the good news. If you're in Christ, you're not subject to it anymore. Amen. Because when Jesus went to the cross, there's a passage in 1 John that says he became the propitiation. That's a big sounding word, isn't it? You know what it simply means? God's wrath poured out on Jesus. So every person in this room, if you're in Christ this morning, you don't have to worry about judgment anymore. All you have to worry about is following Jesus and walking in close fellowship with him. Amen? That's good news. So what the Holy Spirit does, he convinces us of all those three things, that we need Jesus, that we're sinners, right? That we're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, and that because Satan has already been judged, you have victory over that this morning. Are you glad? You're no longer a slave to the enemy. You're free. Everybody say free. Are you really free this morning? If you're in Christ... You are. Amen. Second thing I want you to remember, because this idea of being convinced is what, what Jesus does is he uses the Holy Spirit to convince us that we need to be friends of God. And we can become friends of God the moment we do that. And we can really live in a relationship with him, in close fellowship with him. And here's something else I want you to consider. You're, you can have a friendship with the Holy Spirit. Why? Because the Holy Spirit, as we established last week, the Holy Spirit is God. Right? God in three persons. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. So you can have a friendship. I've got good news with you for you that you can have a friendship with the Holy Spirit. So I got to thinking about that idea of friendship. What are some characteristics of a great friendship? I listed a few. I just wanted to, just some of you. What, what, do, you think the, what do you think are the, the characteristics of a great friendship? Trust. Trust. Communication. Loyalty. I, these are the words that came to my mind, right? And so I got to thinking about it. So let's, let's just take that. The first one, you said trust. Trust is built by communication. It's built by, uh, over time, being, uh, behaving in a way that brings credibility, Right? And so if we have trust and you have communication in a relationship, then it can be really good. So think about that. Think about what we talked about last week, that the Holy Spirit is always by your side. And he's always teaching you. Amen. He's always guiding you. And if you'll listen, because one of the keys to a great relationship is listening, right? If you'll listen, he's talking. Amen? He's communicating. 
So can you have a great friendship with the Holy Spirit? Yes or no? Right. Communication. Number two, loyalty. What does loyalty mean? You're going to stand by somebody's side, thick or thin, right? Is the Holy Spirit loyal? Absolutely he is. Remember his, what, his, what, that, what it means when it says he's the comforter? Or remember, we, we, we use that word paraclete, which means what is he doing? He's coming alongside us moment by moment, day by day. Is there loyalty in the, in the relationship? Absolutely there is. And so we've already established that the Holy Spirit communicates well. He speaks to you. He guides you. You can listen to him and, and follow him. We also established that he's loyal. He's never going to leave you. So I ask the question again, can you have friendship with the Holy Spirit? Here's a third one. Accountability. This is the one we always love, right? The best friends that you could ever have Listen to your pastor. The best friends that you ever have will hold you accountable. They're not always going to tell you what you want to hear. Amen. Now, I get it, folks. We like to be doted over. We like for people to, to brag on us. But sometimes a good friend is going to say, look, you're going down the wrong road. Do we need that? Listen to your pastor. If nobody else needs it, I need it. Amen. So what does the Holy Spirit do? We've already established it. He convicts us, right? There are moments when the Holy Spirit holds you accountable. Is that right? Where he, he speaks into your heart and he says, hey, you know, that attitude right there. We might need to work on that a little bit. He holds you accountable. So I'll ask it again. Can you have friendship with the Holy Spirit? You fall in the line of thinking here, right? The characteristics of a good friendship, communication, trust, loyalty, accountability. I'm not done. Empathy. What does the word empathy mean? Truly, what empathy, I, I believe what it means is you can put yourself in someone else's shoes. Right? You can truly understand, even if it's just for a moment, how they're thinking, what they're feeling. Does the Holy Spirit do that? Does he know what you're thinking today? Does he know how you're feeling? Has he walked a mile in your shoes? Absolutely he has. You know why? Because he indwells you. So we have empathy. And here's, here's what I love about it. Remember last week we said the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that can't be uttered. You know what he's doing? He's saying, look, you know what? I know you're struggling. I know you can't form the words to pray right now. Can you just let me empathize with you? I know what you're feeling. Let me pray for you. Boy, that should have got a better amen than that, folks. When the Holy Spirit prays for you, rest assured, he's praying the will of God. He empathizes. He knows what you're going through. Amen. So can I ask the question again? Pastor, quit asking us the question. Can you be friends with the Holy Spirit? One more. Supportive. Friends support each other, right? Has anybody ever had a, a trial in their life? Am I the only one? I need to hang out with y'all. Has anybody ever had a trial? 
when you had a trial, was it good to have somebody, a friend, to say, you know what, don't give up. You can make it through this. There's something God's teaching you inside. Can I tell you this morning, the Holy Spirit is your support system. That when you're facing the deepest, darkest, lowest hours of your day or your life, the Holy Spirit is there supporting you. That's why he's called an advocate. Guess what? Can I tell you today? He's in your corner. That's what an advocate does. An advocate goes to bat for another person. Are you glad for that today? I'll ask it. This is the one last time. I promise I won't ask it more. This last time, can you be a friend to the Holy Spirit with a resounding yes? I love this because here's what we're reminded of in the scriptures. Romans chapter 5, verse 5. Now, I want you to watch this. Now, if you, re- if you know the context of the scripture, the few verses before this, it says that we are going to go through some trials, right? Hard times. But the hard times produce character in us, right? And then character produces perseverance. And perseverance, hope. And hope doesn't disappoint us. And this is where we come to this passage. And hope does not put us to shame. Why? Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through who? You see that? The love of God poured into your heart. By who? By the Holy Spirit. Who has been given to us. So here's what I like to say. Now, this is, this is the Lance Turner paraphrase of that passage. The Holy Spirit wants to baptize you in the love of God. How many would welcome that? Fully immersed in the love of God. How many of you want to be fully immersed in the love of God? I'm here to tell you, folks, it's possible because you have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. Now, when we talk about this word love, we're not talking about the love that you see on the Hallmark Channel. We're not talking about the love that the world tells you about. No. What kind of love is it? It's the perfect love. It's the agape love of God. It's the same kind of love that sent Jesus to the cross. It's a sacrificial, I'll lay my life down for you kind of love. And so when the Holy Spirit does, gives you love, he's not giving you some, ooh, man, it may feel that way sometimes, right? Ooh, this, ooh, it feels good, right? But not always. When we understand the love of God goes beyond emotion, it goes beyond that. It, it's action. It's sacrificing. It's doing something for somebody else, even without expecting it in return. Amen. That's the kind of love that the Holy Spirit baptizes you with is that good news because here's the reality of it you can have friendship with the holy spirit because he's poured out god's love in your heart and god's love will transform you amen god's love will make the changes necessary because here's what the holy spirit does he's good at transformation from the inside out isn't he not and so here we have it He's poured out this love, and what it does, it impacts not only our relationship with Christ, but it impacts all of our other relationships, too. How many of you want to have a healthy marriage? How many of you want to have healthy friendships? If you will surrender to the Holy Spirit and let him baptize you in the love of God, 
marriages work. Why? If I'm living selfless and I'm living sacrificially toward my spouse, guess what? It works. Does it work? Especially if both of you are living that way. Amen. And so can I give you the remedy? Some of you are like, I just don't know what I'm going to do about this guy or this gal sitting next to me. You know what? Be baptized in the love of God and that will take care of it. Come on, somebody. You want the answer to relationship issues? Be baptized in the love that the Holy Spirit brings. So I asked that question. How can... How does love, this kind of love we're talking about, impact your relationships? It will transform them. Amen. The reason we have this awesome opportunity to have awesome relationships, friendship with the Holy Spirit, and then friendships this way is because of what the Holy Spirit does. And here's, here's another thing. I believe, can I just tell you, I believe a lot of the problems in our society today are identity problems. Hmm? We simply don't know who we are anymore. Can I tell you, if you're in Christ, that's not, how, that's not, this, that's not the way you, you're living. Right? Because the Holy Spirit in you reminds you of who you are in Jesus. Can I get an amen this morning? That you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That you're a son or a daughter of God this morning. Amen. You want proof? Let's read. Go with me to Galatians chapter 4. Watch what, watch what happens here. This is Paul speaking to the church. This, these are Christians he's talking to, right? Now watch what he says. But when the right time came, God sent his son. Who's his son? God the son, right? Born of a woman, subject to the law. Verse 5. God sent him to do what? Say it loud. To buy freedom. For who? We're slaves, right? To buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own kids. Amen? Are you glad for that this morning? That you've been adopted into the family of God. That's good news. And because we are his children, God has sent the what? Now who's that talking about? The Holy Spirit, right? God has sent his spirit of his son into our hearts Prompting us to call out what? Do you know what that really means? Anybody have a daddy? That really means daddy God. Isn't that wonderful? That we can call our heavenly father daddy God. I don't know about you. I used to love when my dad would come home from work. And I would just, I would just jump into his lap and just have a time with him. My daddy. And I don't know if you've ever seen God that way. And he, can I say this? I realize that this size, people, uh, 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 people this size, even online, maybe, maybe you didn't have a good dad. So it's hard for you to picture God being a, a heavenly, a good father. But can I tell you this morning, when you receive the love of God, 
when you receive this agape love of God, you can call out Daddy God. Amen? Verse 7, watch what it says. Now you are no longer a slave. Are you glad for that this morning? But God's own child. And since you are his child, God made you his heir. What does that mean? When you're an heir to something, you're legally in line for everything the family offers. Isn't that good news? So as a, as a child of God, everything that God has for you is possible. Amen. And I love this because in these passages, you can see the Son and the Spirit working together to remind you not only that you're loved, not only that you're free, but that, that you're His kid. And so one of the greatest benefits and privileges of being in relationship with the Godhead, with God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, is the, the security that comes knowing that you're taken care of, that you're an heir, that you are encouraged by the Holy Spirit daily, that you can walk in closeness and intimacy with Him every single day. So I may ask you the question, well, pastor, some of you may be saying this. Well, I just don't, I don't feel that intimacy with the Holy Spirit. Guess who moved? Because here's, here's my, my, my bet. Here's what I bet. Many of you, and this is, I'm not saying this to, to make you feel terrible. I am saying this to maybe awaken you a little bit. If you're not spending enough time with him, if you're not opening up the scriptures, if you're not setting aside the time to pray and to worship, my guess is you're not walking in intimacy with the Holy Spirit. Because those are the avenues, right? This is what the privilege that God has given us every single day to walk in intimacy with the Holy Spirit because how many of you have your Bibles with you? Does anybody have a, an actual Bible? I know we don't carry them much. How many of you have it? If you have one, hold it up. If you don't, that's great because you know what? I've got my phone. Anybody, how many got a phone? I've got the YouVersion Bible app on my phone. Guess what? Everywhere I go with this phone, I have access to the Word of God. I have access to intimacy with God anytime, any place. Amen. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, I have access to God through the, through the word. Amen. So my, the, the challenge here is, if you're lacking intimacy with the Holy Spirit, maybe, just maybe, you need to do a heart check about how much time you're spending with him. That won't cost you anything. Number three. Because maybe there's a lack of intimacy, maybe you have forgotten, or maybe it's your past that's holding you back. How many of you have a past? I'm going to ask it one more time. How many of you have a past? Okay, good. We all have one. Amen. Some of you, because of your past, Y'all need to lean into this. You feel unworthy to be a kid. You feel unworthy to receive 
the mercy and the grace of God. And it's holding you back from intimacy and friendship with the Holy Spirit. I came today to tell you it stops today. Amen. Because here's what the Bible says. Look with me to Romans chapter 8 and verse 1. Watch what it says. I want you to read that with me. Therefore, there is no, say it loud, condemnation for those who are, who are what? In Christ. Listen to me this morning. It doesn't matter what your past is. If you're in Christ, there is therefore no condemnation. That should have got a greater amen than that. Come on, somebody. Folks, I'm, t- I'm telling you good news this morning. I'm sharing with you things that will bring life to you, things that you can apply in your life every single day. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Is that good news? So I ask you the question, do you ever want to distance yourself from the Holy Spirit because you feel so much shame over your sin? Do you? Watch what verse 2 says. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has done what? We keep seeing the word free, don't we? The law of the Spirit. There it is again. Who's in charge? Who's doing this? The law of the Spirit. The law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free. Say free. From the law of sin and death. Come on, somebody. Give the Lord praise for that. Come on, put your hands together. Let's bless God for that. You have been set free from sin. Amen. And he's the agent that's making this change in you. The Holy Spirit is the one who's doing the work inside of you. Let him heal your past. Let's keep reading. Verse 9. Same chapter. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but in the realm of the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God, who is that? The Holy Spirit. Where is He? Where is He? In you. He lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. In other words, if the Holy Spirit's not in you, you're not in Christ. Amen. Now watch what He says. You, however... Uh, But if Christ is in you, even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives what? Say it loud. The Spirit gives life because of righteousness. Remember, what what does He do? He convinces you that you are what? That you're righteous before God. You see it? I am. Say this with me. Say, I am the righteousness of God. In Christ Jesus. Do you believe it? If the Holy Spirit's in you, you can believe it. Verse 11. And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give what? Come on, somebody. Give what? Life to your mortal bodies because of what? His spirit that lives in you. Can I tell you that if the Holy Spirit's on the inside working, there's life. Remember what we said last week. The word spirit, what does it mean? 
a breath of fresh air. What, what the Holy Spirit breathes on, puts his stamp on, comes to life. Talking about friendship with the Holy Spirit this morning. Is this helping anybody today? Was I studying this? It was helping me. I'm reminded of who I am. I'm his kid. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm his kid. Are you really? According to Galatians, you are, right? If you're in Christ. Now look at this, verse 14. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children. So what's he saying? Who's supposed to lead your life? You? I know there's some. Are there any control freaks in here? I love the honesty. What do we have to do as children of God? This is hard, God. You can be honest with him, right? Lord, this is hard. But I surrender. Can I tell you, you'll be glad you did? Because here's, okay, can I just set this up for you? The one who, if you let him control your life, the one who's controlling your life is full of wisdom. Come on, somebody. The one who controls your life is full of understanding. He, he knows all. He, he's the one who created all. He knows you better than you know yourself. The Bible says he knows your hairs of your head. They're numbered. So it's not, I got to give up control. No, it's I get to give up control. How many of you want to live a great life? You want to live a full life in Christ. Give him control. Amen. I know this is, it's simple but not easy, right? Verse 15. The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear. Rather, the spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. Here it is again. And by him we cry, Love that, don't you? Keep reading. The Spirit himself testifies. Watch this. With our spirit that we're God's children. In other words, there's an assurance that you can have that you belong to Jesus that the Holy Spirit can give you. You don't, listen, there's some people say, well, I'm not sure if I'm saved or not. You can know it. Amen. The Holy Spirit will tell you, will remind you, you're my kid. I bought you with a price. I sealed you to the day of redemption. That's, this is all biblical, folks. The Holy Spirit will remind you of who you are, no matter what your past is. Okay. Verse 17. Now, if we're children, then we're heirs. There it is again. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. So if you have a past today, can I challenge you practically? Surrender it to the Holy Spirit. Right? Let Him remind you that you're no longer a slave to your past. That you're no longer an enemy of God. That now you're a friend of God. And can I challenge you to actively, proactively pursue this relationship with him? See, we can walk in close intimacy with the Holy Spirit because what he wants to do is, 
Can I remind you of two things that God's always up to? Number one, he's always up to redeeming lost people back to himself. Amen. Amen. That's what the Great Commission's about. The Father heart of God is always drawing people back into relationship with himself. That's number one. Number two, he wants you to use you to make that possible. Right? That's why he gave us the Great Commission. That's why Jesus said, before I go, I'm going to send you. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So what's he doing? He's saying, I want, you to, I want to remind you of who you are in me, that you're my kid, so I can help you remind others of that same reality. How many of you are glad that Christ redeemed you? Some of you? Listen. If you, were, if you were dead in your trespasses and your sins and the Holy Spirit awakened you and quickened you and, and brought you to, convicted you to be a, a follower of Jesus, that's really good news. And then what, what we say is, you know what, because I've experienced it, it's changed my life. Has it changed anybody's life in here? Is anybody's life not the same since you met Jesus? Then why not share it? With someone else. Because here's what I believe about God. Well, we've established it. He's always in the business of redemption. That's why Jesus came. So we should be sharing this message. So rest assured. Christ saved you. Not to sit you. Not for you to enjoy the blessings of having a relationship with God and hoard them to yourself. What's he want you to do? He wants you sharing, right? Because he wants to have fellowship with his creation. Here's the last thing before we close. God is supernatural. How many believe that? Think about this for a second. This uncaused cause, this being called God, who's always existed. That, does that blow anybody else's mind? This God we serve never had a beginning, never has an ending. Oh my goodness. This is the same God who said, let's create a world. And by his words, boom, there was the earth. By his words, stars. And the sun, the moon, by his word, what happened? Everything you see came into being. Is that supernatural? How many of you can create a world? Let me see you. Any world creators in here? It's so funny because, you know, you have all these people who are smarter, probably too smart for their own good, you know. And you've heard that story about how these scientists, they're, they're, in their brilliance, they think they can... They can recreate something. And so they grab some dirt and they're like, we're going, you know, we're going to show you we can create. And he's like, I know that I probably got this all bundled, bungled up, but he said, go get your own dirt. Because guess what? I created that too. The, 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 the point is, is he supernatural? That's the question. Can the supernatural invade the natural? 
did it. Yes, Jesus, the one who created all things, stepped into time and space and clothed himself in humanity. He stepped into the natural. For what reason? To bring people back to him. What did he do to, to prove and give credibility to the claim? I just read it this morning. He took five loaves and two fish and fed almost 10,000 people. How many of you could do that? I know what my wife will be doing. She'd be panicking. Can I? <laughs> She's going to kill me. So yesterday, we had a shower for my sons. I mean, my son. Son, Garrett, and his fiance Haley. Can I tell you we had food? We had an overabundance of food. As a matter of fact, I think our worship team is enjoying some of the benefits of that today. And so I could see it. In the natural, the disciples, they're looking at this and they're like, whoa, 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 Jesus. I know, I know you're God and all, but two loaves? I mean, five loaves and two fish? No way. What does he do? Breaks it. Feeds. 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 Everybody's like, man, I'm stuffed. Twelve baskets left over. Is that anything possible apart from the supernatural? What else did he do? We preached on it on Easter Sunday. He called out to Lazarus. Come out of the grave. This guy's been dead four days. He stinks. The supernatural invades the natural. What happens when the supernatural invades the natural? Miracles. Healings. What's the point, pastor? He's not stopped doing that. There are some who would say he doesn't do that anymore. Why would a supernatural God not want to do that? Why would he not want to show himself real to you in the natural by miracles and healings? Amen. So we believe it. We believe it here at Grow Church that the Holy Spirit can work supernaturally in your life. And can I tell you, you need that. Can I tell you, you need that in this day and age that we live in. We need him to move. Can we ask him to move? Can you move supernaturally? Because can I tell you, we can't do this by ourselves. I don't care how brilliant you are. If you made a, a perfect score on your SAT or you score on the, the other end of the IQ test, I'm here to tell you, you need him. And we need him to step in now. Don't we? We need the, the supernatural to step into the natural on a consistent basis to help us. Amen. And the beauty of it is he does. He wants to. Watch what it says in Acts 10, 38. Jesus, and you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with who? Say it loud. The Holy Spirit and with? There it is. Watch this. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. How many of you want the Holy Spirit with you? He is. And where he is, 
the supernatural can happen. Amen? Listen, folks. You don't need me up here preaching messages that will just make you feel good all the time and, and make you laugh. I, do I like making you laugh? Of course I do. Do I like connecting with you in, in, when I preach? Absolutely. But if what I'm saying to you doesn't transform your heart, doesn't cause you to leave out of here and say, you know what, maybe I need to make some changes in my life. Maybe I need to give the Holy Spirit some control in my life. If that's not happening, I need to quit. And so guess what? Your pastor needs the supernatural to invade the natural to help me talk to you about him. Amen. Here's how Paul said it. He understood it. He said, my message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a what? Demonstration of the Spirit's power. Verse 5. So that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on who? God's power. What kind of power? The dunamis dynamite power of the Holy Spirit. Do you need him today? Well, I'll, I'll admit to you, I need him today. I need the, the supernatural to step into the natural today and help me. We have, here at Grow Church, we present opportunities all the time for you to have fellowship with the Holy Spirit to find the freedom that we talked about here, the gospel. We have, a, we have a curriculum, a group that we do every semester called Freedom. And those of you that have already gone through it, you know how powerful this group is. I've done it like four times. And every time I do it, the Lord shows me something else in me that I need to, get, that I need to let him fix. Can I tell you, I think everybody in Grow Church, even those of you who are watching online, I think everybody needs to go through it at least once. Because I'm here to tell you, it gives the Holy Spirit an opportunity to invade the natural, to heal your heart, to heal you of your past, unforgiveness, bitterness, wrong relationships, addictions, anything that you would face, that you would struggle with, the Holy Spirit's here to help you. Amen? So let me challenge you. When that rolls around next semester, next August, I want to see. I want it to be where we have to do two or three. Amen? So I'm, I'm bringing this thing to a close. Rest assured, the reason that the, the natural of the supernatural invade the natural, whether you see healings or miracles, whatever it is, it's always, again, for what reason? He always wants to bring people to a saving knowledge, to fellowship, to friendship with the Holy Spirit, with Him. And it can only happen where he's moving. Amen. So full circle. It's always been in the heart of God to redeem mankind. Jesus died and rose again to make that possible. Amen. And the Holy Spirit came to make sure it's a reality in our lives. Can I tell you some good news today? It doesn't matter where you've been, no matter what's happened to you this morning. The Holy Spirit is saying, come. Come into a friendship with my son. Come into friendship with the Holy Spirit. Come into friendship with Jesus. Amen.
Thank you for tuning in to our online broadcast here at Grow Church. We hope that you've heard something today that will strengthen and encourage you throughout the week. Make sure you tune in next week for our next broadcast. God bless.